Here's the thing. Saving money with Geico is almost better than playing pickup basketball. Because there's always that guy who joins your game. He never passes the rock, he constantly bricks threes, and he'll completely hack you and then put his hands up and say, no foul, no foul. With GEICO, it's easy to switch and save on car insurance. No need to fake an ankle sprain because you're absolutely exhausted. So switch and save with GEICO. It's almost better than sports. I'm Honey German. And I'm Carolina Bermudez. And, and this, this is Life in Spanglish. And you know we're cooking it up in here. We got that arroz con pollo waiting for you. Why are you looking at me so confused? Because I'm like, what we cooking? We don't have a stove. <laughs> you got the bajo. I'll get, you know, the, you got the mangu. We got it all for you at Life in Spanglish. I need a sancocho if I'm getting any type of food. Listen and follow on the iHeartRadio app or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey everybody, welcome to Movie Crush, special edition. Uh, it is Monday morning, and I am drinking a triple latte with a with a healthy splash of booze. <laughs> no. No. No, I'm not a morning drinker, Noel. No, man. I don't know. Can you imagine those madmen? No. Man, I would be asleep by lunchtime. I'm not a big day drinker I anymore. I'm not, I can't do it. I'm well, just... here's the thing. Nothing better than a day buzz. A day drink... Um, or two is great. Like sun is out, you're on a patio. It's nice. Get a get a couple of drinks in you. That it's, is the best. Yeah, but maybe, uh, maybe you're on a boat. You know, <laughs> that'd be great. But you know, I get so tired now, and it's like this kind of thing where unless you just keep that train going through oh, the same. evening, yeah, you have a few drinks at two, and then at, by four thirty, you're like, fuck, I'm out. What do I do? Yeah. Uh, and then keeping that train going, that's a dangerous game, too. It's a very dangerous. It's the most dangerous game. <laughs> it's, a, it's a gambit. It is. Gambit? Is that is that the word? It is absolutely a word. And a Marvel character who threw uh, fire cards, and he's from New Orleans. Yeah, gambit. Wore a trench coat. I used to like him a lot. Uh, let me see, well, what's the definition here? A device, action, or opening remark? Typically one entailing a degree of risk. Okay. Yeah. That is calculated to gain advantage. Nah, I don't know about that. It may not be a gambit Chuck, after all. it's a living language, my friend. <laughs> Malleable. Someone posted a picture of uh, Justin Bieber looking like H.I. from Raising Arizona. Did you see that? Isn't that funny? That is pretty funny. He's just like the Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> Everybody looked that up. That's very funny. And his hair is long and he's got a mustache. <laughs> yeah, thank, I've got to thank Jasmine Spearing for this on the Movie Crushers page. Um, she posted... I guess Justin Bieber tweeted, stop sending me this shit. And it's a picture of that uh, side by side of of Nick Cage as H.I. McDonough from Raising Arizona and himself looking just like him. So that's pretty funny. I guess Justin Bieber, the Biebs is getting barraged and is upset unless he's just kidding around. But either way, that's great. All right, everyone. This is a very special edition, like I said. Um, and I'm going to tell you what's going on here. I have in my hand a piece of paper, a series of pieces of paper. Very awkward way to say a stack of paper. And this is, um, I came, here's what this is. 
This is from 19, uh, the, the mid-1990s. i got to be very vague with this, I think. Uh, and this was a letter to a Hollywood director, and it is from a Hollywood producer with the subject line, I uh, wish I could name these names. It's a memo to director, memo from producer, subject line, um, character casting. And it is a inside look at, at least in the mid-90s, how men talked about women in Hollywood and about casting women in Hollywood. I came into um, ownership of this memo. Let's, let's call it the casting memo. That sounds salacious. Uh, I came uh, to acquire this many, many years ago, probably about probably only a few years after this memo uh, was was sent. And I've always read it and thought it was sort of funny. But now, in the age of the Me Too movement and Hollywood creeps and jerks being exposed, it's I see it in a bit of a different light. So here's what I'm going to do, everyone. This episode, I'm just going to read this whole thing to give everyone an inside peek of what Hollywood is like on the inside. Or at least how it was in the mid-90s, and I bet still is in many circles. Okay. How about that? Uh, That's mean, all we're doing, though. No, I'm ready. Crack I'm going to read open. this thing word for word. Uh, and I'm going to read the actresses' names because, uh, you know, I think that's important. This is a one, two, three. This is a one, two, three, four, five-page memo, everyone. Here we go. Dear Name Redacted, in the wake of Elizabeth Shue's decision— uh, so here's what happened, I guess, is Elizabeth Shue backed out of a movie and they needed to recast this part in this film. Uh, in the wake of Elizabeth Shue's decision, thought I'd take a moment to recap some of the character potentials we discussed last night in a bit more detail. And if you'll indulge me, discuss an approach to casting this role that I feel would favor us with a positive response the next time we pop the question. I'm assuming he doesn't mean getting married to one another. Uh, this list, largely the pro- uh, the product of brainstorming with name redacted and name redacted, does not take into consideration any availability issues, nor does it deal with a matter of price quotes, uh, like they're shopping for a car. Uh, it is designed merely to generate discussion on two fronts, the suitability of the actress for the role and the impact each actress might have on the overall profile for the film. Here goes in alphabetical order. Patricia Arquette, colon, when you indicated that she might not be any more interesting than Ashley Judd, I think I'm inclined to agree. However, my belief is that her profile is somewhat higher than Judd's, and that might help give the bigger names we're considering for supporting cast the comfort level they require to jump on board. All right. That's not too bad. Maybe not very nice to uh, call Patricia Arquette or Ashley Judd. Uh... Not super interesting, but that's fine. Drew Barrymore. Okay. What do you got? Oh, I like you got Drew a Barrymore. No, no. I, I don't know. I just feel like this reads like some sort of like horse trading document or something like that. Yeah, yeah. it's a little bit. I mean, we'll just let people make up their minds. I'm just going to read it. Drew Barrymore. We didn't discuss her yesterday, but thought we'd mention her now. Is she too young? Too tarty? We certainly could believe her as the sort who would bunk with uh, the other character or anyone else in the film for that matter, after a first meeting, and by bunk with, uh, this producer means sleep with. But is she capable of holding anything in reserve, or is she simply too on the nose and too out there? 
Sandra Bullock. She could do a good job with this, but I agree with you when you say it's probably not in the cards. However, if you thought she was the one, don't see how it hurts to pop the question. I don't think this producer knows what pop the question means. It specifically means fucking ask someone to marry them. Well, yeah, but, you know, but maybe like in the Hollywood parlance, it means like what? What Ask them to be in your movie. Yeah, what a dummy. Uh, See how it hurts to pop the question. Her people at uh, her agency can and do give quick answers. And to the best of my knowledge, she's uh, yet to work with a world-class director. You never know. Ellipsis. Cameron Diaz. Believe she's on the brink of becoming a very big movie star and has resisted doing fluff parts in stupid movies for big money since her breakout role in The Mask, the Jim Carrey picture. She really tries hard (laughs) and is very serious about her work. Well, that's very nice. This is no actress model bimbo. She's good people, too. And for the age thing, remember, the part uh, is part girl, part woman, switches easily between the two. All right. That's actually very kind. Cammy Diaz is no actress model bimbo. She's good people, Noel. It's good to know. Uh, Anne Hesch. This is clearly mid-90s. Obviously, this is only if we go the no-name route. Do we know at this point if, if such an option is even available to us? I've not seen her work, but I know a number of people with good taste who think she's terrific. Definitely a woman on the way up. Okay. Anne Hesch. And by the way, I didn't... This is not all just an indictment. This is just an insider peek. Yeah. Wait, you know? wait, how did you acquire this document, Chuck? Uh, I can't say. You can't say. No, I'm just going to – I don't want anyone to ever get in trouble. Yeah. So I'm just uh, – it, 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 I found it in a bo- bottle on a seashore. I like it because <laughs> that, that, that is how Hollywood memos are delivered as it turns <laughs> That's out. That's right. Uh, Ashley Judd. I think she's okay, but does her participation put bigger name supporting potentials out of reach – does she really have the chops? Is she the real stuff? I'm not yet convinced. I'm not sure uh, she can bring the layers, the mystery, and the, uh, he says magid, but I assume he means magic, to the character that would make her truly memorable. I think you should definitely look at a good bit of tape on her before committing. It troubles me a bit that her best reviews, by a wide margin, came in her breakout film, uh, her breakthrough film, Ruby in Paradise, and that she hasn't garnered nearly as much critical praise since. Gwyneth Paltrow. After Julia Roberts, my personal number two choice. Audiences adore her, and more importantly, this girl is the real deal. I heard you when you said that she was incommunicado for the next three weeks, and I wouldn't dream of suggesting we wait for her to surface. Could we consider going outside regular channels? i.e. her family, rather than her agency, to get to her quicker? Julia Roberts. Everyone, we know this person wants Julia Roberts as the number one choice. Here's what he has to say. Um, the name redact- character redacted for the ages. To the manor born. <laughs> Who writes that? What does that even mean? I don't even fucking know. To the manor born? <laughs> I have no idea. No. Manor, M-A-N-O-R, to the manor. Is that a saying? A manor, like a like an estate? Uh, no, I, I don't know. I have no idea. Makes no sense. Yeah, I don't get that. It, someone explain that to me on Facebook if, uh, if you know what that means. To the manor born, Julia flat out knows this girl. Underlined. I promise you. Granted, we're talking money. We're talking 
agency posturing, etc. But name redacted, I truly believe that if you laid out all the parameters we're dealing with to the agents with a phone call, a prompt and positive response is within the realm of possibility. Do not forget for a moment that the girl adores you and has the utmost respect for you. She also guarantees a big opening weekend or two. And when we make a great film on top of that, you'll be in back-end heaven. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds like fun. Yeah, To the Manor Born. Uh, it, it, is that a thing? Yeah, it is. It's like I think it's a sounds like a British phrase, meaning Ooh. destined to be suited to something by virtue of birth or custom and practice. So you can actually spell it both ways, M-A-N-N-E-R uh-huh. or M-A-N-O-R, M-A-N-O-R, meaning more of the, the birthright and the, well. the class kind of, of echelon of actress that well. she is. Yes, yes. <laughs> That's a little clue, everyone. It's a this very might be Downton a, Abbey kind of thing. This might be a Brit who wrote this memo. I know that everyone's going to take this as just a big like uh, a puzzle to be solved. Well, you know. And I like that, everyone. Movie crushers, get get in on this. Yeah. Just get a get a murder wall going on this. I don't, yeah, on this good. shit. That'd be great. That'd be wonderful. Uh, where were we here? Oh, yeah. We were in Back End Heaven. <laughs> How could I forget, Noel? Uh, although I know that you could give a damn about that score. So another clue, I guess. A director who doesn't care about money in Back End. This is actually, a, this could be a fun game. Please think about this one. Ellipses. Winona Ryder. In my book, the ultimate woman child, child woman in movies today. <laughs> She's a real woman child. What is that from? Is that I don't Lou know. Reed? Is that? I think so. Wow. I'm not really sure why you think she's not right for this character. Think she has real talent and works very hard. What do you got for me? Oh, it's R.E.M. Sorry, it's Crush with Eyeliner from the Monster. She's a real woman child. I love that song. Uh, I sense the collaboration between you two uh, would be extraordinary and would result in her giving a memorable performance. Moreover, I think she's one of the handful of people on this list who had absolutely no problem holding her own with lead actor name redacted. People are like, no, just give us that clue. Sorry, everyone. Mira Sorvino. An intelligent, committed performer. Uh, think she's about the work and not about price and perk jive. <laughs> perk jive? Yeah. You know, like, all that price and perk jive. Give me perks. Give me money. Oh, I all see. All that jive. All that jive. <laughs> now I, don't, I have no idea where this guy's from now. Uh, don't know that she's among the more natural choices for this particular role, but with your help, I'm confident she would be more than credible. Uh, if we use her, how do we keep her boyfriend off the set? Whoa! Wow, I don't even know. Because that guy's trouble. I'm going to look up, actually. Uh, we're going to break, and I'm going to come back in one second. Because got to look up who this, who this person dated in the mid-90s. We'll be right back. Here's the thing. Saving money with Geico is almost better than playing pickup basketball. Because there's always that guy who joins your game. He never passes the rock, he constantly bricks threes, and he'll completely hack you and then put his hands up and say, no foul, no foul. With GEICO, it's easy to switch and save on car insurance. No need to fake an ankle sprain because you're absolutely exhausted. So switch and save with GEICO. 
It's almost better than sports. Hey, it's Ben, Henry, and Marcus, hosts of the last podcast on the left. Our show's dedicated to uncovering hilariously horrifying stuff. And now we're only on Spotify. Join us. If you want. Obviously, we'd never force anyone to just blindly join us. That'd be crazy. But if you like stories about doomsday cults who do exactly that and more, please join us on Spotify. Visit Spotify.com slash last podcast to listen free. All right, I'm back, everyone. If this memo was written when it says, wow, <laughs> I'm going to tell Noel, you all are so mad at me right now. I'm so sorry <laughs> that I can't just divulge clues left and right. So I'm going to tell Noel, uh, and we're going to play some elevator music for one moment while, while Noel and I have a 10-second discussion. All right, Noel. He's well. I'll say this: he was a, he. It was and is a very famous director. He's an auteur. They didn't want on set. No, I mean they didn't want him to like <laughs> micromanage their shoot. Right? He might have like he would pop. You don't know. He, was he going to walk in and say like, "Why is that camera there?" You maybe. Really, uh, maybe. Man, this is getting good. Everyone. This guy's reputation <laughs> precedes him. Uh, Uma Thurman. Uh, other producer name redacted is a big fan. I'm not so sure. She's a bit of a cipher to me. And I can never tell if she's all on the surface or if there's something really going on there. Maybe that's a plus for this part. Still don't know if she's a real actor, but think she might work. Uma? Yeah. She's a real actor at this point. She's great. A cipher? Who is this person? Who is this wizard using all these weird terms? Yeah. A cipher's cool. A cipher just means sort of like a like a, like a husk. Right, like sort of like a well, the I idea mean, of a thing and not the actual thing itself. Right? A true cipher is a is a like disguising like a code. Right, is so she just uh, she's does an he enigma. Mean like an, an enigma. Yeah, you know what else? I love the the use of the word cipher for like a rap lyric. Like oh, a, like a, like a freestyle is called a cipher. Oh, really? Uh huh. Oh, nice. Yeah. Which makes sense because, like, you know, there's a lot of double entendres in, in rap and, like, a lot of, like, hidden kind of, like, messages that you have to sort of know, sure. you know, the context in order to, like, pull out. So that makes sense they would use it for that. I like a good double entendre. All right. Charlize Theron. The girl – he refers to them as girls. That's sort of annoying. The girl from Two Days in the Valley. I didn't see it, but I hear she's really good. Definitely a babe. <laughs> Definitely capable – of the femme fatale thing from everything I've heard. Tom Hanks cast her in the movie uh, he currently has out. And she's the female lead opposite either Christian Slater or Jason Patrick. I forget which. In a high-profile movie. Definitely a star ascendant. Maybe Two Days in the Valley is worth your having a look. I don't know. I kind of feel like the girl is sort of like a Hollywood trope. In a way, remember uh, in in Mulholland Drive, where they're like, "This is the girl." Yeah, this is the girl. Yeah, I, don't know, I have a feeling like that's uh, it is, but uh, also just sort of a, an example of Hollywood's just sort of history of ownership and misogyny, and and more than misogyny, misanthropy. You know, in general, like actors are cattle; they're not even people. Well, they call it a casting call, right? Which is yeah. like a cattle call. Yeah. 
I mean, and, 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 and I mean, some directors like are not like that, but I know there are many directors uh, very famously that just like the thing that always weirds me. I've never, I've, I've never been to one, but you see them in, in in movies that are depicting this stuff. Like the casting call is so strange because you'll have like you know dozens of women or 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 men. That all look the all same. All look the same, and they're <laughs> yeah. all auditioning for the same thing, and they're all wearing the same kind of, like, outfit or yeah. whatever. Well, that's a trope. Yeah, absolutely. I think but it's, it's true. It's true, but that's what makes it feel like a cow call, because it's, like, all of these, like, very homogenous-looking yeah. creatures just there kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. mooing and doing their lines, you know? Oh, man, that's it's, what it's like, yeah. too. It's very depressing, and that's the trope in movies is it's always very depressing because the actor is all excited about the audition, walks in, and sees 30 of them in the room and just is deflated. But well, they're also the one true that enough. they think it's so clever that they wore the vest or whatever because it's like a cowboy yeah. role or something <laughs> right. or that they like went the extra everyone's mile. Everyone's got the vest. Everyone's, I think that's actually, yeah, that's a specific one and I can't Probably. remember what that's from, but that's, yeah. No, that's happened a bunch of times. I think so. Yeah. Um, I, I, I occasionally in my old days as a, as a PA would uh, get wrangled into shooting uh, auditions and, and casting sessions and stuff like that. And uh, I always, I always just felt bad. There's nothing, can't imagine anything in the, at least film industry wise, quite so intimidating as the audition process. Just awful. I'll never do it. All right, so that's uh, that's Charlie's Robin Wright, one of producer name redacted's faves, fave raves. <laughs> I, I wish I, I want to do some more research on this person. And the, their wizardry with the English language. One of the producer's favorites. But I agree with you when you say she's too old. Noel, would you do me a favor and look up how old Robin Wright was in the mid-90s? And for and by the way, I'm not... I'm going to say like 32 or 35 at the most. Oh, dude, I'm going to say 28. Really? Yeah, go find out for I me. I mean, well, she, we'll get back she was you. born in 66, so do the birthday math. Uh, she was, she was 29 yeah. or 30. Yeah. And hey, I'm not saying like, uh, oh, she's saying she's too old. She may have been too old for this part. Right. For sure. That's true. Um, so I'm not, I'm not being overly critical. Yeah. But at one. the same time, like with dudes, it's, it's like that math doesn't seem to apply. Like oh no, Leonardo for DiCaprio sure. gets to play an old man or yeah. a young buck still to this day. Oh yeah, day, absolutely. You know? They're like, oh, who cares? He's Leo. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Um, she's, uh, too old. I also... Here that she can be somewhat difficult to work with, that she can be a bit of a strange one, not necessarily a team player. Hmm. Renee Zellweger, the semi-unknown who's about to break out in the Tom Cruise picture opening in a few weeks. He's talking about Jerry Maguire here. I've heard a lot of good things about her, but I've yet to see her myself. I'm sure if you wanted to see the Cruise picture, it could be easily arranged. Have you ever wanted to be a fly on the wall in a therapist's office and get a behind-the-scenes look at what they're really thinking? I'm Lori Gottlieb. I'm a psychotherapist, and I write the Dear Therapist Advice column for The Atlantic. Hey, I'm Guy Winch. I'm a psychologist, and I write the Dear Guy Advice column for TED. And we're the hosts of a new show on the iHeartRadio podcast network called Dear Therapists. Think of it as an advice column in the form of a podcast except we talk to you. But it doesn't stop there. One of the most frustrating things for us as advice columnists is that no one gets to hear what happened and how things turned out. But on our show, you will. 
we ask listeners to test drive our advice and come back on to give us an update. So if you'd like to talk with us about a problem, big or small, send us an email at advice at iheartmedia.com. We can't wait to get you on our couch. Guy, they'll be calling in. Yeah, but they could be sitting on a couch. So that's the list. Now, let me take a moment to ask you to consider a somewhat different approach to getting our character name redacted. I think uh, that we might have a few problems getting the answer we want if we go through uh, go through the through channels agent route by simply submitting the offer and the script and leaving it at that. I realize that's, quote, how it's done, end quote, but it's not how you've always done it. How many times have you cast major talent over the years without the benefit of a completed, finely polished script? A lot. And you didn't always know the actor or have previous working experience with them either. How did you do it? By telling them your vision of the film and your take on their character. I'm telling you, when you communicate in this fashion with an actor, it is truly compelling stuff, and they get really excited. <laughs> you know what's funny is that at this point in this director's career, he's sort of legendary already, and this producer is talking to this director about something that he's sort of already mastered. Very funny. Uh, they're seduced not just by your vision, name redacted, but also by your considerable charm. I've seen you in this mode, and when you've got it going, you could sell rice to the Japanese. <laughs> oh, Lord. I can't help but think that if you had the opportunity to meet with Elizabeth Shue and then handed her a script, that we would have received a different answer. And such an approach will give a performer the backbone to stand up to their agents and managers when the sons of bitches tell their clients to stay away because they're not getting their rate or because they don't think the script is quite there yet. The sons of bitches, Noel. I like that. Yeah. I think that this can work, and I think this is a valid way to proceed, but I think that way because I know that you are, all capitals, the man. Just don't you forget it. Ellipsis. Never forget. <laughs> oh, man. That's it, everyone. That's the casting papers. And how about this? If we have any Hollywood insiders listening out there, and you have internal memorandums or letters that are in this spirit, send them to me. I will not out you. I will redact all the names. I think this gives people a really interesting inside look at kind of what goes on behind the scenes uh, in Hollywood. And I would love to do more of this stuff. Uh, and I'm going to look up right now. I don't even know who ended up playing this role. And I don't I think I don't think I could tell you because that would be probably too much in uh, uh, of a clue. But I'm going to look right now. Very interesting. Well, they went with an actress that uh, is not very famous at all, um, still to this day, and I dare I say is a bit of a niche actor, and. Um, did not become some big superstar. A fine actress, to be sure. Very interesting. All right. I'm sure that frustrates you even more. And that's uh, part of what uh, this is all about, everyone, to kind of tease you a bit. This episode is uh, subtitled Movie Crustration. <laughs> <laughs> Movie Crustration. I like it. 
That's that should it should be titled Movie Crustration Colon The Casting Memo. Redacted. Redacted. <laughs> I love it. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed that. I'd love to hear some feedback if you were like, no, that was kind of a big, stupid waste of time, Chuck. I prefer the regular crushes. Don't worry. We're not going to, like, change up the format. I just thought that was kind of a fun thing to do today. So uh, that is it for this week, everyone. Oh, can I can I plug a plug real quick? Oh, Noel, plug away. I'm going to plug because today uh, in the actual day in real time and space where we occupy currently, mm-hmm. a show that I've been working on uh, for the network called Happy Face has yes. launched its first episode. And it's, um, it's, a, it's, it's sort of a true crime show. It is a true crime show, but it takes a much different approach than yeah. what you might expect. It's about a killer out of the Pacific Northwest known as the Happy Face Killer, but the story centers around his daughter and her experience growing up not knowing her father was a killer and then the turn her life took when she found this out and it's just it's got a beautiful score from an amazing band from Athens called Hope for a Golden Summer and it's got this real melancholy kind of it's a very beautiful sad and horrific story but it has a lot of heart Uh, and it really the way we captured it I'm just so proud of of the work everyone that worked on it has done and I really think you guys would dig it Uh, it's just it's a very cinematic story Um, and it doesn't lean heavily on like the gory details all that stuff's in there but it's really just kind of the story about the human cost of these kinds of crimes yeah buddy I've been uh, the way I've been describing it is like um a true crime story told through the eyes of a different kind of victim. Yeah. Uh, which is the daughter of this monster. Yeah. And the story has twists and turns. Uh, it's not what you might expect as yeah. the story progresses. Yeah. So by now, there should be a, a handful of episodes out. Yeah. Um, but we're doing one a week, uh, I think, for 12 episodes. So check it out if you get a chance. I think you guys will dig it. Yeah. Big shout out to Noel and Chandler. Who else you want to shout out, Noel? Oh, man. I mean, Melissa Moore, who is yeah. the killer's daughter, who was an amazing subject, an amazing person to work with. Uh, Lauren Pacheco, who is a producer we're working with on this out of New York. Uh, fantastic. Uh, Matt Riddle, my pal, who we were able to freelance out to help write the thing and has just been destroying it and doing amazing work with story editing. Uh, Will and Mangesh from Part-Time Genius, who have EP'd the thing. Um, and I've, I've kind of been overseeing the whole thing w- with them. And it's just been a really joyful thing to work on despite how dark the material is it really it it, it, it it's got a lot of hope to the story and that's it's great. crazy because the band that worked on it is uh, hope for a golden summer so it that's all awesome. kind of goes hand in hand what uh do you feel like that melissa has um she may have already gotten some substantial closure in her life previous to this but do you think this helped her uh cathartically oh Hugely, That's and she great. she just texted me a few minutes ago saying how thrilled she was with, with what we had made together and how oh man That's yeah and great. You, you really experience her growth on the show. I mean, I don't want to diminish anything by calling these subjects characters, but it's almost like the way a character in a film has to change and grow throughout yeah. the arc of the film. That's you real life. Actually, man. feel that in That's this. That's why they story. make movies yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. That's so great. I'm I'm just beyond proud of this thing. So check it out. Awesome, everybody. Go support Happy Face. Another one of our great shows as we expand our network. Very proud of Noel and the work he's doing here. Uh, And we appreciate your support on all fronts. So with that, we bid you adieu. Noel and I are going to go back to the manner in which we had been born. Yes. (laughs) To a manner born. Manner born. (laughs) I've always thought of myself as that. I was born on the manor with a silver spoon in my mouth. All right, everyone. We'll see you next week.
Hello, this is Ron Burgundy, and you are listening to my voice, which commands trust and respect. Guess what? My podcast is back, and that's a win for everyone. If you're a longtime listener to the show, you probably already know the deal. Each week, I bring you hard-hitting journalism and also light entertainment. I contain multitudes. Find the Ron Burgundy Podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everyone, this is uh, Jake Brennan from the Disgraceland podcast, and I want to quickly tell you about a show I'm executive producing called Dear Young Rocker. This is a music-driven podcast memoir by my friend Chelsea Urson. Chelsea takes us on a journey through her formative years, and together we relive the experience of being a teenager in a way that's raw, real, and instantly relatable. That's right, all the anxiety, awkwardness, insecurity, and formative weirdness that we all felt at one time or another growing up. If you love music and ever felt a little out of place, I have a feeling you're going to love this show. Dear Young Rocker is also set to a nostalgia-inducing soundtrack that will inspire you to pull out those albums from the 90s and the early 2000s. The first few episodes are available now, so search Dear Young Rocker wherever you listen to podcasts and give it a listen. Listen. 